Look, I'm not at a party, I'm not at a club. I'm stuck in the beef and I don't give a fuck. I'm making a move, I run out of luck. I'm stuck to the plan, but I'm living it up. I expected to see you while I'm running after bread. I see them and they're struggling. Got me thinking, scratching heads. Got me thinking, scratching heads. Look, I don't want to go die as a no one, so I work hard, I'm in love with the maths. I'm a saucy kid and I do my bit, but you, I don't know about that. And boom, just like that, we're back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Welcome back on this Friday uh, afternoon here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Sun is out, it's beautiful. Rain came down a couple days ago. The snow is pretty much gone. You could almost play golf. But I'm sure the, the greens are soaked right now. But what are you going to do? Uh, today's episode is brought to you by none other than ProLineStadium.com. If you haven't tuned into the past couple episodes, this is a new sponsor here on the High Button Podcast. We are thrilled uh, to be teamed up with such a historic uh, company like ProLine Stadium. So today's episode is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. Play stadium bets for the best odds, featuring spread lines of 1.95 per side. Pro line players also score access to great regular promotions. Right now, each $25 wager on football, aka the Super Bowl on Sunday, will earn you a $10 free play token to place on winning margins up until the big game Sunday. February 13th. Get in the game today at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app today. Also, big announcement coming from Canada. Here in Nova Scotia, you are allowed single game bets and prop betting. This is the first time that this has ever happened in Nova Scotia, so now you are able to make single game bets. If you don't want to bet on two games, you don't have to. Single game bets and prop betting. So enjoy that during the Super Bowl. Must be 19 years of age or older. Please play responsibly. Today's episode is also brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered in Atlantic Canada. Their goal is to make sure that prescription drugs are more affordable so we can live a healthier life during this pandemic. I know we're out of the pandemic. We're in the pandemic. Nobody knows what's going on right now in this pandemic. But one thing I do know is that Generous United can help you, your family members, your loved ones, whoever it is that are struggling to afford prescription drugs. So head on over to GenerousUnited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S United.ca. All right, we are going. Today's episode, myself, Justin Belanger, we have Jeff Warburton here, our producer. Uh, we're going to essentially be talking about everything that's gone on in sports the past couple of days, mostly in the hockey settings. Uh, Martin St. Louis coming to Montreal, that's very big. Edmonton losing their 11th coach in the past 12 years. I saw something about Nuge Hawk, Hopkins going through 11 coaches in the past 12 years. My heart goes out for that guy. Is McDavid going to stay in Edmonton? I don't know. We're going to ask Jeff, our expert. Also, restrictions kind of lifted up here in Nova Scotia, kind of, somewhat, sort of, phase one, two, three. Nobody really knows what's going on. We're going to do our best to break it down for you. Uh, enjoy this podcast Friday afternoon. The weekend is here. Have fun. Work hard. Actually, no, I'm supposed to say that at the end of the podcast, not the beginning. So this is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Boom, we're going. What was the name of the song, sorry, for Guitar Hero? Through the Fire and Flames, <laughs> I think, right? I remember that game. It was so addicting. I was terrible at it, but I loved that game. That game was legendary, man. <laughs> that, like... Through the Fire and was that? It was like the hardest song on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> in the guy's hands. I had a buddy who used to play it, and we'd go to his basement, and I would just sit there for hours and just watch him play. Like, I wouldn't even play myself. Like, I'd give it a go. And I would just watch him. His hands looked like he had Tourette's. Like you could just, <laughs> you could just go like, you can't say Tourette's. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I think I've said that four times already now with the intro and then everything going on here. Uh, it's myself, Jeff. Uh, Friday afternoon podcast. Nothing better than to wrap up the week with a little conversation with your producer. Um, what was your reaction yesterday when you saw that Martin St. Louis was the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens? Oh, I was um, 
I kind of like it. I mean, I think that the I think that Montreal is in a good space right now where they don't really have anything to lose. They just had a great run at the cup. They're missing all their important guys, so you can always lean back on that. Obviously, St. Louis doesn't have a lot of coaching experience and none in the NHL, so it's kind of just like an experiment. Like Rob Brindamore, or I think I said that right, from the Hurricanes, like he didn't have any experience before he went there. And now they're like one of the best teams. So you never know, man. It's a shot in the dark. It's a shot in the dark, I think. Yeah, 100%. It's an interesting move for sure. I wonder where the relationship came in for Martin St. Louis. Like who who knew him best? I heard it was Jeff Gordon. I heard that they yeah. their, 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 their kids knew one another. And then that's kind of how the relationship was formed. Because um, if you think about it, like where, I know Martin St. Louis is from Laval. So he must have some connections, obviously, in the Montreal area. But I've always wondered, like, oh, not always, but as of yesterday, I was like, where was that connection made? Well, he, now that you mention that, you, um, I don't know. Jeff Gordon was in New York. Yeah, like, he played yeah, for the Rangers, yeah. but St. Louis played for the Rangers at the end of his career. Yeah, so that's didn't my, he? that yeah. might have been where so the connection started. That's then, probably, I guess. Where, yeah. But did Martin St. Louis, he's the definition, I'm pretty sure, of a. I'm pretty sure Tortorella said this. He was a he was a pain in the ass to coach, but he was one of those guys who you need in your dressing room and you need on the ice. So essentially, translating into he was exactly what a coach wanted out of a player. But it'll be interesting to see if he is a coach that players want. It'll be interesting to see if it turns around the other way. And it was cool. T I think TSN showed the game yesterday, and they were showing little snippets, not even during the play, just that intermission or during a commercial. And I don't know, the score was like 2 nothing, 3-1 or something. And you could just tell the body language was down on the bench. And Martin St. Louis, you know, he goes over and taps cough to Caulfield. He goes over and talks to Anderson. He goes over and talks to the, to the backup. And I don't know what the hell he's saying, but his body language was... Uh, Martin St. Louis' body language was definitely different than the players on the bench. And it was just refreshing to see, I guess. It's, it's, it's just nice to have a look of, of a guy that comes in who has a fresh perspective on a team that's arguably at the AHL level right now. Yeah, there's not much of an argument, man. I think you nailed it. It's a, it's a, I think it's uh it is good, man. And like now that you kind of mentioned like Caulfield and all those, I mean, what's Martin St. Louis known for being? He's known for being the best small guy ever. He's an underdog. So, for him to be able to kind of mentor Caulfield even if it is for half a season or however long he's there, that could actually go a long way cuz uh Caulfield in my opinion is there best prospect and he's also very small so you know you kind of have to when you first get into the league you kind of have to learn how to play in the league as a small guy so I mean what's better than having St. Louis as your coach makes sense there it's interesting to contrast it to the Oilers hiring where they're much further down the line in terms of like they need to win now and they can't really afford to take a chance on like someone like St. Louis who hasn't been in the NHL level at coaching so they needed to go with like a more traditional option, but it's just interesting. Like within two days, these two Canadian teams get new coaches, mm. both just totally different directions, both took different directions. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And I don't give St. Louis any crap either right now because it, it's going to take him a while to implement any type of strategies he wants into that team, regardless. So mm. unfortunately, Dom. Yeah, he, uh, you know. Old Moosehead's coach. Yeah. It's not his fault. I was talking to Bernard about this the other day. He was like, yeah, you got the short end of the stick there. It's it's not his fault. No. But if you're a fan of Montreal and, and you're a season ticket holder, you have to see change. And unfortunately, that comes down to the, the coach's position. You can't just start letting players go, sending them down, sending them up. That's not going to do anything. You have to make drastic change. And even though, did it help? No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if Ducharme was behind the bench or St. Louis. They're still going to lose to Washington. But you have to make change in order to keep, Yeah, you know, you, you got to you got to look like you're working. You can't just, if you're a general manager, you can't just sit up in the press box, drink coffee, and look down and shake your head. You actually have to make moves to show the fans that you're actually doing something. Yeah, I don't think any, I don't, I'd be very surprised if Habs fans were like really had any ill will towards Ducharme at this point. No, you know, he'll like find he, a job next yeah. year. So this summer, I bet people are reaching out already. Yeah, and that's the, that's always the question in hockey too. It's like, it's the interesting. It's like, okay, if you're a GM, your team's doing this bad to your point, what are you going to do? Fire your coach, bring someone fresh in, hope that things start clicking with this team you've spent years building, or are you going to tear down your roster? Like, it's a no-brainer. You're going to get rid of the coach. Like, it happens all the time. There's no there's no quick fix to, a like, a roster that's, like, injured and beat up and just not good enough. Mm. But there is a quick fix in firing your coach and bringing someone else in. So yeah. makes you it makes look sense. active. It makes you yep. look active. 
I was. I have. I'll admit, I haven't watched many Montreal Canadian games this year. It's tough to watch, but I did. I was switching back and forth last night between Pittsburgh because I want to see Sid get his five hundred five hundredth goal, uh, which didn't happen unfortunately. Which, by the way, if that happens, I don't want it to be an empty netter because he almost got an empty netter last night, but he passed it off to Rust. Actually, no, he probably couldn't have got that in anyways. But you don't want to see a five hundredth career goal in an empty net. Yeah, I mean that's not the point. So I was switching back and forth from Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh game to Montreal game because you want to watch the Montreal game just in case like I think Gallagher's first game back was yesterday as well maybe not second game back um, but you wanted to see a little bit of jump and I know in the press conference St. Louis said I don't want to implement systems I want to implement a free-flowing game and let my best best players make their decision on the ice essentially read and react type of hockey which there's nothing wrong with but even yesterday uh, obviously you can't implement a coaching system that quickly it's he was there for 12 hours which was crazy. Like he did the press conference at noon, and he was behind dude, the he bench. Like, didn't even, he probably didn't even dude. meet the players until like three hours before the game or something. Like, well, the, let me. I want to talk about the press conference in a sec. But nonetheless, when you were watching the game, the like even the power play breakout, just nothing. Even when they're in the zone on the power play, just nothing. Like just. And then I was switching back and forth, like I said to Pittsburgh. Well, all good. Yeah, and I'm just saying the highlights oh, it, just it, came on for the right game. There? Like, yeah. what that? like you know. It, that's uh, it, that's not good. And then, and then I was like I said, I was wa- switching back and forth to Pittsburgh. And the next thing you know, I'm watching Pittsburgh on the power play. And passes are sharp, crisp. There's no second guessing. It's like okay, Latang's at the point. Malcolm's over here. Cross, pass, pass, pass. No second guessing. And then you switch back to the Montreal game. And you're like, oh, okay, this team has a lot of work in order just to be considered a regular NHL team. They're not. Yeah. It's it's not even. It, it's not I, even fun. Like, I, there's no point kicking them while they're down. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done by Martin Saint Louis and the team because. Yeah. And, dude, they're getting, like, think about the fact that Weber, just to your point there, Weber and Price are gone. Like, they're not there right now. So your point of, like, Crosby being able to, like, the the foundation in Pittsburgh is set, right? Mm-hmm. The foundation in Montreal was set until the start of this year when they lost their two most important veterans. So, like, who's there to lead the team besides Gallagher, who's been injured half the year? So yeah. I think that plays into a lot of it, right? Like, the culture... Yeah. And just like everything in Pittsburgh, having Crosby back, like you know, having Malkin back, I think makes a big difference. I think Price's stock went up. He took that team to the Cup Finals last yeah. year, and now everybody, maybe some people didn't think that. You know, like I think everyone agrees, like Price is a big part of that team. Excuse me, um, but essentially, it's a very similar team minus Weber, and now Price is gone. You can't say that Price uh. didn't have. 90 95 percent of something to do with going to that cup final definitely the cup final but and the team is should be better than they are right now regardless yeah but they're not yeah. that's the thing yeah and would they have made the cup final last year without price i think most no. people would agree absolutely not how old is price because when Tukarask released his uh retirement statement on uh i think it was the boston bruins twitter account i was looking at the comments below and it was a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans going, I hope we don't get the same letter from Price. And that kind of threw me off guard. I was like, oh, is that actually a consideration? Carey Price retiring? He's 34. I don't know. I feel, like, I, I don't know really. No one really knows what the situation is with Price right now, which makes it kind of tough. But I don't think he's done. I think he'll be back playing for the Habs at some point, hopefully here. But how old, how old was Tuca? So he's 34. Tuka's 34, so they're the same age. Wow, that's very interesting. And how how old is Pekka who was like another guy who came up with them who retired last year for Nashville? He's 39. Okay, so he's older. But there's, um, there's something about having that whole era of goalies. Well, that's the thing. Like I think about back when I was a uh, you know like peewee, like young, like going on road trips and you're watching these goalies, uh, Martin Brodeur. You're watching Patty Waugh, and you know, you, you see these guys lift cups. They're the best goalies in the world. And I look at Carey Price in Montreal. He's the best goaltender in the world. And it would be weird to see that guy not lift a Stanley Cup. And you got to think about it, too. I'm not going to say Patty Wall. He didn't go cup chasing, but he went to Colorado. He left Montreal. They, you know, he, he went to Colorado to win a cup. And they won right they, away. But they did win in Montreal well. He, they, they won in Montreal as well. Um, but does it? Let me ask you this. Do you think it damages Price's legacy in Montreal if he goes somewhere else and try to win the cup? And he does win a cup. It's such a hard... You have to think about that because people in Montreal, they're very... They're, they're Montreal or die. I, I'd say no because, like... Do you think they'd be happy I th- for him? I think... Yes, I do because he, he's been the heart and soul. And, like, 
yeah, but it's hard. Been... It's hard with hockey. Like with these other sports, like there's a lot of ring chasing that goes on. Hockey doesn't really have the ring chasing mentality as much, or the NHL doesn't. Eh. It, it like there's not really again. Like, who re- yeah, but he. That's like when you're at the end you of know, your contract, and like yeah, but not... he's still signing with Pittsburgh. Like he's still going to Colorado. He's still signing with these top end teams to try to. You know, he's not signing in Arizona to golf. Yeah, but I, I, pr- I think pr- it matters to these guys. Price I, was willing to move his like tr- no trade to go to Seattle when he got exposed this past summer, though, and they were a bottom of the barrel team. Oh, was remember? He? Yeah, like like they had the chance to pick him up and they didn't because his contract's like nine mil or whatever it is or ten mil. Is he? He's still getting that salary this year, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume so. But yeah, that's a good question, man. Like I said, I I think in hockey it's less so, but I do think if Price like like if it was time to move on and he went to like. It'd have to be a team they like too. If he went to like like Boston, <laughs> forget about it. But like if he went to like I don't know Carolina, like I don't like or something like that. Anderson's I think maybe good, would have a difference. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like a team that doesn't have any. A team that's good but has terrible goaltending. Or a team that has no history with the Habs. Yeah, like and, maybe maybe go to the Western Conference. Yeah, go to like and yeah. If he goes and wins a like it's it's like if he goes and wins a cup with a Western Conference team, I. Uh, I was just thinking about that the other day when they were showing the Montreal game. He was up there in his cowboy hat, and he had the mask on. He's sitting there watching. I'm thinking, what is that guy thinking right now? Is he thinking retirement? Is he thinking I want a cup? Is he thinking I want to trade? Is he thinking I – was, I was just thinking, I was like, what is this guy thinking right now? I'm thinking and he wants to be on the Habs again. Yeah? You yeah. Said, so you think he, do you think winning a cup matters to Carey Price? I think it would probably matter to anyone, but I don't think it's I, – I don't know. I think there's guys – I think I, – don't get me wrong. If you're playing the NHL, I think everyone wants to win a Stanley Cup. I've heard you play your first game. You don't really care if you win, lose, get a goal. You just want to play your first game to say you've played in the NHL. But apparently when you play your second game, it's more about, okay, how can I stay here? And then once you have a full year, apparently your mindset goes to, okay, Stanley Cup. That's what I've – That makes sense it's just to me. Like, so that you play sense. your first game. You don't care about money. You don't care about a cup. You don't care – you just want to – you want to be on hockey DB, elite prospects. I yeah. played a game. Second game, you want to stay. Apparently, the mindset is, how do I stay here for the year? How do I? I need to be here, here, here. You get a full year. Apparently, the mindset goes to cup, 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 cup. But then there's other guys. You know, they just want they're, they're did, there for the money. Did you go through that similar, like obviously on a lesser level, but still high enough? When you were going to the Mooseheads, like getting that first game and just playing a game in a Mooseheads jersey, that's all you cared about. And then the minute that game was done, you wanted to stay. Yeah, that's very well. The, I wanted to play a, a game in the Metro Center. I played multiple games like preseason and regular season right. away, like in PEI, Cape Breton. And it was cool, but it didn't have that same effect as the Metro Center. I wanted to play that first game in the Metro Center. And then you're right. Once you experience it and you understand how cool it is, then it's like, yeah, I need to stay here. I'll do whatever it takes to stay here. Um, but I didn't stay long enough to be like, okay, I need to be here for a year, yeah. let alone win a President Cup or Mem Cup. So it's not. You got to the second stage. I got to I got to second base with the <laughs> yeah. Cube. I got to the second base for sure. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine being at a point like uh, like some of these guys that have legacies in Montreal or just in the NHL that haven't won a cup. It uh, I, I I can guarantee you that there, there's something about them that wants to retire, go to the golf course, and have that Stanley Cup ring oh. plug in his ear. You know, there there there's definitely. <laughs> Something about a guy that's been in the NHL for a long period of time that definitely needs that uh, needs that credential just to feel completed in the game of hockey. Imagine winning like a World Junior, you win a World Cup, you get a gold medal in the Olympics, and then you go to the NHL and you just can't get the. I don't know. Maybe that, it, that's literally they, Carey Price, man. He's won everywhere yeah, he's ever been. A lot of guys, best like, goal you know, in Canada. Joe Thornton's one of those guys who could knock that off. The you know Florida could win the cup this year. I'm not. Yeah, you know I'll knock point. on wood here right now, but like. Joe Thornton's that guy right now that needs to get a cup to to go sailing off into the to the sunset, and he's in Florida right now, so no pun intended. He could go sailing off yeah. into the sunset with a Stanley Cup ring plug in his ear. You know, yeah. it, it. I don't know. Olympic gold medals. You know, I think world champ. I think he's one of champ- world, world juniors too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he probably was on the world junior team. You know, rookie of the year, scoring titles, but he doesn't have the cup. Mm. So. But it is. It, it's the, hard to win in the NHL, man. I think it's the hardest think, sport. Yeah, to win this in the discussion NFL. like. This discussion right now is just making me realize, like, I think it probably is. If man. Tampa can three-peat this year, you can't tell me Hollywood isn't going to come chasing and make a movie <laughs> about this. You know, a three-peat in hockey in the cap era? Yeah, Ooh. it's really hard. Ooh. But, you know, Tampa's got all their tricks up their sleeve, man. You know how they operate. Okay. Kucherov, I'm sure, will be back for the playoffs again. I'd love to see Florida knock them off, though, like the battle of 
mm. Battle of Florida. I think we got it last year, didn't we? And then Tampa beat them. So I can't. Remember. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I did want to ask you about the Marchand suspension and what you thought of it. Oh, <laughs> put you didn't put yeah. He put me on the spot. It was uh. Before you answer, not good. before you answer, just know he might be sitting in that chair next year. So he might. He might. Well, so, I anyone who knows me knows I'm a Marshawn fan, <laughs> which is I know a, a kind of a hard take, but you know I always just you know regardless of what it is, I try to support the Nova Scotians and especially someone who grew up like 15 minutes away from me. Uh, but I don't know. That was just his second suspension of the year. Too. I don't know what he was thinking on it. I don't. I think most of the stuff he does, like I'm I'm cool with because he's like the best rat in the league and the best rat in the world probably when it comes to like when it comes to hockey but i just don't know what he was thinking with that one that's all like i think we've all been there we've all gotten to the point where you want to win and you can lose your cool and maybe not think about ethics especially in hockey well i don't think there really is ethics in hockey but in all any aspect of life when you want something bad enough and you know Marchand, all he wants to do is win sometimes things like that happen and there's people how many people are in the world six billion people in the world each uh, each and every one of us react differently to when something doesn't go your way and maybe mm-hmm. a game like pittsburgh where you know one of his buddies sids across the ice and he's getting a couple points i don't know if marshy had any points it's, it was a frustrating game for him i was watching the whole time and when things don't go your way you can act out i know a lot of people won't agree with me saying oh he's a rat he's a piece of shit he's all this i get it but at the end of the day, he's a great hockey player. I've heard stories about him off the ice being a great person and helping others. Um, but sometimes you lose your cool, and unfortunately, they play on a national television mm-hmm. uh, size uh, scale, and the whole world's gonna see. And he knows that. And hey, if I was the coach, I wouldn't care. It sucks they're they're gonna have him for not six games, but you can't tell me six games from now you still don't want that guy in your lineup every single night competing for that big B on the jersey. The big yellow bee. Yeah, I agree. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, a lot of the stuff he gets in trouble for, I don't really give him, I don't give him too much crap for. Like, if it's a, like, because that, I feel like those are things that actually help his team, in theory, win. Like, a slew foot, greasy, to, the, to no end, like, hit from behind. All this stuff's greasy, but I could, like, you're, at least you're taking a player out of it. This one, I'm just not, the play was over, right? And the goalie was getting up. So I don't really know how him, Doing the doing the punch this time like helped his team. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not uh, saying yeah. what he did was right. I'm not saying that. Mm. I'm just saying that his intention is to win, and if you're in the business of hockey, that's all you need to do is win. Right. And, and I'd say and most it, of his problems do like do help the team win. But I'm just saying in that one case yesterday, how did that like two, how two days how, ago? Two days ago three, I don't know. Whatever it was, how did that? specific instance help him win help them win is what i'm saying most of the time no it didn't yeah it didn't help it's just instinct yeah Yeah. competitive nature i love it (laughs) yeah i don't love what he did but i love the competitive nature and how you just you you can't handle losing like it's it's a twitch you you lose no it's not i gotta do whatever it takes not to lose how many there's like 30 seconds left in the game like he just couldn't handle losing i love that i don't like what he did but i love where his head was at just i can't lose he's just yeah he's got that you can, some people don't understand that feeling. I, I'm lucky enough to understand it. I've lost many of lacrosse games, many hockey games. I've lost things in, in business before, and there's a part of you that just eats away. You want, I can't, I can't lose. It's just, it, I know. It's a feeling that. Yeah, I think that shows you're competitive. You oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse to have that feeling. It is, yeah, a blessing and a curse to be like when that's the most important thing to you, winning at anything you do. It's a. Uh, Oh my god! Yeah. Stanley Cup plug in my ear. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> I couldn't hear. Do you, do you remember watching that live? No, it was, no. Just, it was like <laughs> TSN in the in the morning. Who was it that was chirping him? Hall? No, it was Jeremy Roenick. I couldn't hear what Jeremy said because I have my two Stanley Cup ring plug in my ear. Yeah, because he <laughs> said he had to get his uh, jock strap from the rafters. Yeah, like, <laughs> Roenick did. He said like Madonna was playing at the rink before or something like that. And like, I don't. They're saying something about like how someone's bra was stuck up in the. No, that's what I'm saying. His jock strap because Ronick dangled him so hard. His jock strap oh, ended up was? in the rafters. Yeah, and then after that's when Wa said, "I don't know. I couldn't hear that chirp. I've got the Stanley Cup rings plug in the ear." I couldn't hear because I don't think Ronick ever won one. To our point about legends never winning one. Uh, I don't know if he did or not. I don't think he did, man. 
But yeah, I agree with what you say about like that's not the mentality in hockey compared to basketball. I think basketball might be the only sport where that's a huge mentality. I don't know if NFL players are essentially chasing rings. They just want to win football games. You would you would know more than I do. Yeah, the NFL is like a weird one where if you really like hate your team enough, you can pretty much just like refuse to play. And I guess it's like that in basketball too. Like they have that in common. You can just like or you could just be annoying and be like uh, Odell Beckham this year. Yeah. He didn't want to be on Cleveland. He kicked but, up kicked up a stink to go to a better team. He was, and then they were like, "Well, if you're not going to play for us, I guess we'll release you." And then he basically had free reign to sign where he want. Ended up on the Rams, and now he's in the Super Bowl. I feel like he's a privileged player, though. I feel most players players, excuse me, are just happy to be in the NFL. Yeah, well, there's a lot more players in the NFL than there are the NHL, so that is the case. But we're talking, when we come to ring chase, and we're talking about players who have the privilege of being able to do it. It's just mm. if they do do it, right? Mm. Price has, like, in theory, the privilege to ring chase because he's the best goalie, best Canadian goalie in the world. But, like, and Odell has the chance to ring chase. One of them will probably, one of them did it, clearly. Refused, like, chirped his quarterback, literally did whatever he could to not... Be, play for the Browns and then end up on the Rams. So I would say that the NBA is by far the worst. Kevin Durant was the one who like kind of set yeah. that precedent when he left uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah, Westbrook now in Philly. Or not uh, Westbrook. No, Harden. Sorry. Harden's now in Philly, and then Simmons went to. Yeah, that's crazy. That was craziest. He, trade, Simmons man. hasn't played a game yet this year, has he? No, he, that's a perfect example. He's he, dude. He won't even meet with his teammates. Have you like say, seen any of that stuff? Like, I saw that is the most ridiculous player in any of the big four right now. I saw in training camp he was playing and he had his phone in his pocket, like he was playing defense during <laughs> training camp, and he had these baggy shorts on and his phone was like vibrating. Dude, in his that, pocket. that's like when you get the earbud in during hockey warmups. I or like when I used to play intramural hockey, you put the earbud in and you listen to music on the ice. That's like that equivalent in basketball keep the phone in the in the pocket could you imagine <laughs> just making um I, i'm assuming he makes 35 mil a year or something like that and just nah not today not for me i'm Dude. not gonna go to philly eat a cheesesteak i gotta go to i gotta go somewhere else because these people don't like me do you imagine no oh. i can't and oh. and the fact that like there was like the story that came out like a month ago or something where he said i where it was like the teammates, Joel Embiid, and like all these guys he had beef with on his own team, wanted to come visit him at his home because he refused to like go to the, the go to the arena, pretty much. And they wanted to come visit him at his home, and he basically told them like, "Nah, like I'm I'm cool. Like anything you guys say isn't gonna make me come back." What a so he just stayed home, and it just never happened. And then he complained that his teammates weren't making enough of an effort. So that guy's just. And then yesterday, as soon as he gets traded, his agent puts out a statement. Ben is excited for this move and he's ready to ramp it up this is a great step in the right direction it's like dude what are you even talking about you just like held like insane these guys like this is a great step in the right direction it's like you just held your team hostage for a year after playing one of the worst playoff series i've ever seen in my life last year and now you're saying okay yeah you know what maybe he will go play with uh play with Durant, one of the best players in the league, and Kyrie. Yeah, you know what? This is a good step. We we like this. And Brooklyn's in contention too. They could they're good. Well, yeah, it was uh, Harden was like wasn't playing any D. That's another guy who just basically stopped playing his way out of a uh, out of a city. What is going on right now? <laughs> Dude, that's how the NBA rolls, man. It's crazy. There's like literally like hundreds of stories of that happening. Really? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's crazy. What I would do to be in Philly right now, making 35 mil a year, cheesesteaks all around me, dunking on people, I'd give up a lot. Like, sounds like a great time. <laughs> sounds like a I lot know, of fun. Man. I don't Privilege. know why, I, why would I yeah. be upset about that? I think you, Simmons went first overall, so there's like a bit of that privilege, right? Mm. You go, you know, like he's no, like, so he's got. It's a lot of these. I remember reading about him way back, and they were saying he's the next LeBron. Like, didn't he sign with Nike for like 100 mil coming that, out of college? That's like, I'm guilty of this too, like when it comes to hockey. Like, I, I you just got to, you buy into the hype of these prospects so much, yeah. and you're like, these are like, this is the sick guy ever like this is the next Crosby like Lafreniere in the NHL in the NHL like I totally bought into him and obviously he's only a few years in but 
I like. Yeah, I can't. You can't be. Yeah. Doing, like, who's the other guy in uh, New Orleans right now? Um, he's oh, Zion. <laughs> Zion Williams. He was yeah. in a. He was Dude, in he a, can't even play. He's so overweight at this point. He can't recover from his injuries. He was in a Mountain Dew commercial, and he was he was like forty pounds overweight playing video games. That was the best commercial ever. It was amazing. He looked like he was just an actor in the commercial playing video games, eating, drinking Mountain. You're like, no, this is actually like Duke's best prospect, allegedly <laughs> next LeBron, and like, yeah, it's I, quite I, something. That guy had another funny incident when he was playing. I think it was one of his last games in Duke, and he signed. He didn't sign because he obviously can't sign back then, but he had a pair of Nike shoes on, and he broke the Nike shoe mid-game, and he fell out of it, and like he tweaked his ankle or something like that. And then they went to all these NBA players around the league, and they were like, if you were Zion right now, would you play another game for Duke knowing that he has a $100 million contract to sign in like three months? And all these players were just like, nah, like if I knew back in college that I was signing for a hundred mil, I would never, ever play college. I'd play one game, show the people what I could do, and then just wait. And yeah. I remember watching that, and Zion like re- like responded to what all these NBA players uh, were saying about that. And there was part of them that was like, yeah, I kind of agree, I kind of agree. And like you could kind of see Coach K in the background of the practice, not listening, but he was just like kind of there. And I remember thinking, like, that's a funny, that's a, it's, it's an interesting perspective that college, that college game. Well, yeah, and just seeing Zion in the middle of it, he's like, nah, I, I understand, but I, I'm gonna put on for Duke. I'm gonna put on. Yeah, that's why. They, well, that's why they want to get rid of the college, like, like the thing, right? Like LeBron never went to like college. With the high school rate. Right? Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. I think after that year, they made the rule. You had yeah, to play that's the what I'm one. saying. But they were trying to bring it back because it's like, I mean, like when you kind of think about it on a larger scale, it's like. These players who, like you said, are probably good enough to go right into the league, they're forced to make a decision about a school and, like, make money for the school they, like, they go to, but for what, like, they don't, they, before that, like, last year, they didn't see any of the money, so it's basically like you're just using, Zion didn't see any money during his years at Duke, like, so why, someone who's ready to be in the NBA, why is he forced to play for a college. Why well, I liked what those ball kids did. They went to Europe. Oh yes, that was very interesting. Yeah, I was like they, they made money. Well, they went to Europe because like <laughs> they kind of had to. They had all committed to UC. Well, Lonzo went through UCLA. Then Leangelo, the middle brother, he got caught stealing in China. So they cut him from <laughs> what? Yeah, dude. This is this is like a classic story. I thought you said he played for UCLA. Yes, yeah, so he was in UCLA, and like they were doing one of the games where they went overseas preseason. Also, oh, UCLA went to China. Yes, with, with Le- this is after Lonzo had been drafted. Leangelo goes into a Gucci store or something, steals sunglasses, which is ridiculous. I got to interrupt you. Leangelo is the guy who's not in yes, the NBA. Yes, he's right? the middle yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is the second kid. So Lonzo went through UCLA, no problem. Leangelo preseason, they go to China to play some games. He steals sunglasses, and as you know, stealing in China. Oh, yeah. Is a little different than stealing around here. And basically, the UCLA cut him, even though he was like their most marketable guy because he was part of the Ball family. And then uh, LeVar got mad and was like, okay, well, if Leangelo's cut, then LaMelo, who's this guy who just made the All-Star game, the youngest brother, who's probably the best, he was like, okay, well, he's not playing for UCLA anymore because you just cut my middle son. So then he took those two sons and then went overseas to Europe. So the dad got mad at the team because yeah. his son stole sunglasses in China, and then they cut him. So he was like, he was like, oh, like what? Like yeah, he got mad at him, and he's like, okay, well then my best, my best kid, my best basketball player, Lamelo, plays in Charlotte. He's not who gonna is play. Unbelievable. Yeah, like because dude, I remember like looking like he Lamelo had been committed to UCLA since he was like 15 years old Ugh. because Lonzo went there, but then the minute Leangelo got cut. He took that commitment back, and then he just never ended up. What? And then there was, like, also a bunch of stuff with their own brand and sneakers, and, like, you couldn't play in the NCAA if you had your this. own brand. Like, yeah. it was a huge thing, and it's kind of funny to see I remember what's th- come up. I, I remember that whole thing with the Triple B, but I didn't know about the China and the stealing glasses. That uh, that's. I think it was a combination about the Triple B and, like, LaMelo wanting his own shoes and not being allowed, and then, like, also them cutting, the like, Leangelo and just... I wonder if UCLA gave him a lift back from China. I don't think they did, man. I, I think that a bunch of them, like, you, I think, yeah. You, you imagine? Those are kids. Like, you, you just take a kid to China and he gets caught stealing. You can't give him a lift back. <laughs> <He's out of laughs> Dude, journey. he was in jail or prison or whatever it was. So the dad had to fly over to China. No, to I up? actually think that, like, 
if you look it up now, I think like Trump, because that was when he was president. I think he kind of like pulled apart and got him back. America is a freak show. Like, yeah. how is that a thing? A president? Just because he's famous. He goes, yeah. yeah, I'm going to get him out of I'm yeah, going to get him out I of prison. I actually think if you Google it, that's what ended up happening. But it's pretty crazy. That's <laughs> That's amazing. It's kind of that's incredible, actually. <laughs> like, if I, if I was the one who got caught stealing sunglasses and Trump bailed me out of prison, it's just because I'd, he had a I'd big be name. I'd be like, yeah. It's I'd... just because he had a big name, right? Like the ball name at that point in BBB was huge, <laughs> so it helped him out. Um, scrolling through Twitter yesterday, as I do, which I love to do on my time off, same, and not even time on, I'll scroll through tw- Twitter, um, and I saw an interesting tweet. And I don't know who tweeted it, but it said, uh, McDavid is coming to Buffalo, folks. And when I saw this tweet, I went directly to the NHL schedule thinking, oh, they must have a game in Buffalo um, on the schedule tonight. And I said, whoa, Edmonton's not in Buffalo for forever. (laughs) And then then like I do, I get to the bottom of things. I do research. I look into things. I don't just look at things at the surface and go, oh, I don't take it for face value. What I do is I click on the tweet and I read the comments. I do my own research. I put my glasses Very on. Very admirable. I get a pen and a piece of paper. I write down, okay, what's going? What's this tweet about? And he was serious about next year. If they don't make the playoffs, he thinks that McDavid's going to go to Buffalo, which makes absolutely no sense. But with that being said, if – Edmonton doesn't make the playoffs if Edmonton doesn't go past the first round if Edmonton we can go on and on about ifs wayans what's buts f ifs you know what I mean what happens to McDavid next year if nothing happens in Edmonton this year well that's the golden question right and I'm gonna tell you nothing because he's got dude here's my question to you you're you're looking at that house video and his girlfriend built the house you're like why would he leave that yeah. house? that's what that's no what i'm looking at it from the hockey side of wait didn't zach hyman just sign a six-year extension last year with us so he could play with mcdavid for at least like the next three years or dry side on the next three years that's on their contract i feel like there's a lot I don't of think, hymans in the nhl i don't think uh i don't think so considering he signed for like one of the biggest contracts last year How uh is he making for like seven mil or something like that yeah at, but that like yeah, he was one of the he was one, like the one of their best free agent signings like in a while. So my question is, what, so was McDavid and Drysdale sitting? There was definitely, you can look it back on it. Ken Holland said I talked with McDavid uh, with Nugent Hopkins, Nurse, Drysdale, and McDavid. He talked with them about which players they want. Really, Hyman was yes. There's articles on it. You can literally see it. There's direct quotes. He said this publicly. Publicly. Yes, he says I talked to my captains and my assistants who they want. Like, what's he gonna hide? We all know that they're trying to build up a team around these guys. So he said, which players do you want? And McDavid clearly wanted Hyman. If you don't think they talked before and said, listen, things in Edmonton, let's be real. They're all over the place. You know, one, one minute we could be winning. Like they, like one yeah. minute we could be winning, the next we couldn't. He's not talking there saying, and then after one year, you think McDavid and Dress could be like, oh, thanks for signing here. One so, year? He's been there for? Hyman. I'm staying at Hyman. He's like, they, these meetings last year, when they, this is my que- This is just my question to you to start us off with. Do you, like that's honestly think you think he's gonna be like he's talked to these guys. He's brought them in. Like this is pretty much like the guys he's wanted. This isn't the first time we've done this. McDavid wanted Lucic in there. We signed him to a big contract. He stuck around through all of that until Lucic was gone last year. And did everyone forget the fact that the Oilers had their best start? of the season like they went like 20 and 7 or something to start this year they had the best start of the year listen i know it's easy to freak out and say these guys are gonna leave i do but they've got they mcdavid signed an eight-year contract like two years ago or three years ago dreisaitl signed an eight-year contract three years ago as well like these guys they like it's not it's not like if they go through a losing streak they're gonna they're they're just gone like and I know I'm an Oilers fan, so it's just it's just bias coming from me. But that is I think that is a legitimate question when they're bringing in and using their power and using the team's money to bring in guys they specifically ask and want for. I find it hard to believe that a year later they're all going to be like, "Yeah, I know you signed here, Hyman, but uh, be so uh, you know it's easier to win a fuck in Buffalo." <laughs> what? So it's easier I, to win in Buffalo? I got to ask you this question: When did this meeting happen? In the summer? Yeah, when during all the free four- agency. And then Ken said, okay, who do you guys want here? 
Yeah, he. When, he, did, when did this happen? La- this past yeah, summer. This past summer, when they they signed Hyman this past off season. This is his first year with them. Evander Kane. You think like three weeks ago when Evander Kane talked to McDavid and Dreisaitl, they were saying, "We're." I know that's only a one-year contract, but it's still a commitment to each other. You think they were saying, "You know what? If th- things don't work out the rest of the year, we're out of here." Yeah, but let, let's let's hypothetically say this. Let's say you're working with High Button Sports, and I'm the manager. Well, I am the manager, I guess, and. I go to you, I go, look, Jeff, who do you want to work here? Who Who's here? You, him, 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 him. You pick the next four guys, and you pick them. I'm asking you only one question. I'm asking you a question of who do you want. I'm not asking a deeper question of how long are you going to stick around if things don't work out, are you going to leave me? I'm asking you a question of who do you want. I'm not asking you a question if you're going to stay here. We all think differently. You could leave here thinking that podcast was shit, but in real, and you're telling me to my face, yeah, it's a great podcast. We all think things differently rather than just saying to one another, this is what I want. This is how I think we're going to wing. I know I was like that in hockey. Like, yeah, it's great. I got my teammates here. It's awesome. But we all have individual thoughts of what could actually be the outcome here. You can't tell me McDavid isn't frustrated with, I guarantee, who was the manager before Ken? Peter Shirelli. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gar- I guarantee. Disaster. I guarantee Peter had the exact same conversation with McDavid. All right, listen, Connor, who do you want here? Do you know who the who 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 do you want here? Who who do you think we can win with? I guarantee that conversation's been had with both managers that he's had in Edmonton, and he says, "Okay, look, this is who I want." But McDavid's not a general manager. McDavid is a hockey player. Dude, McDavid doesn't. McDavid close, doesn't know. He's what, as close to a general manager as you're gonna get McDavid, in the NHL. Dude. McDavid does as not know how to player. form a team. McDavid, dude, McDavid, he doesn't know, but he knows who he wants to play with, and he knows that, and he knows that his opinion is the biggest opinion in the room. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm, I'm not. I, 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 you know who I want sitting here right now? I want Sidney Crosby sitting here. I want Brad Marchand there, and I want Nathan McKinnon here. Then I think we'll be the biggest podcast, and I think we'll be. I think I think the biggest thing will ever happen if those three guys are here. Will it? Yeah, sure. We'll be good. It'll be a great podcast. It'll be really popular for a bit, and then it'll eventually die, and then eventually we'll just, you know, it, you, you can't just ask me these questions. I think questions. that's, I think I, that's I, quite no, a, a no, bit of a. No, I, I think I'm onto something. Here. I don't know. I'm following it with you. It's it just it's 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 a le- it's it's a question that was asked to McDavid. Who do you want here? You said they it asked was the, a, it the was four a, guys. It was a, it was a meeting. It was a meeting. It's okay. Who do you want here? The, these yes. guys. One, two, three, four. Okay, great. We'll get them in. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work, but it does show. It does show if they're saying yes, we want you to commit to Hyman, we want you to get this guy. I find it hard to believe that a year later, and this is free agency too. This isn't trading. This isn't like Hyman had zero say in this. This is Hyman sitting at home for weeks and weeks, messaging all his friends on Toronto, messaging all his friends around the league, all the potential friends he's got on teams, and making a decision. So. When I see commitment from players like that, it makes it puts my mind at ease. That's the only thought because you asked me, do you think he's going to be gone next year? And that's all I'm saying. Does it work? Was it the best move? Is it surefire? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's very like like basically the way we got to look at it and the way I'm looking at it right now is they've got 38 games till the end of the season and they've got 3 years of McDavid and Drysital and uh, like with pat with contracts that overlap each other. And that, so the time rate is to win now, and they're clearly not. So that's what they've got to address. They don't got to address if McDavid's going to go to Buffalo next year. Or what about like McDavid's best, what about McDavid's best friend, Darnell Nurse, who just signed a nine year extension in Edmonton last year? You don't think he talked to McDavid beforehand and was like, hey, buddy, uh, you're going to be out of here in a year? Like, how are we feeling? And obviously, the captain of the team is not going to be like, yeah, I'm piecing. But I'm sure if these guys are as close as they say they are, there has been commitments made throughout the team that this is something to stick with. And I think friggin' Dave Tippett being gone is a good first step. They brought in their the coach of the AHL team who's worked with all these guys. He's been there since 2016 as a video replay guy, Jay Woodcroft. He's worked with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, all these guys, all the young guys. So I have hope that this will turn it around. But like when I tell you I've been hearing – When's McDavid going to leave for years? I'm like, for years, man. What They drafted him 2015. I probably first heard that in 2018 when they had their first shitty season with him. Or I guess they did bad their first year, did good in 2017, and then so bad in 2018. I think probably 2018. So I've been hearing this question for four years. They're not like, like so what am I supposed to say? Like, like it's first of all, Buffalo is ridiculous because they just traded away Eichel. So. That was so shocked. The, the, the tweet was so... <laughs> 
Like I, I was like, <laughs> that's why I didn't. Need, I, I went to the schedule. I was like, oh, they must be playing in Buffalo. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Oh, I don't know. But does that make any sense? Like, do, you know what I mean? You don't like commitments are being made within the team, and do they need to get better? Yes. Do they need goaltending? Yes. Do they need a solid right hand defenseman? Yes. Do they need signs from the team that they are going to turn it around? Yes. But do I think McDavid is on his last his last string and he and any moment it could pop? I don't think right now. Ask me again in two years, and then it'll be like eight, six years of me getting the same question. So do you think sports are coming back in Nova Scotia soon? I think they are, man. Do you? I think uh I think we're we're on our way here, right? We kinda sort of getting schedules in kind of people are trying to figure it out that's the thing you know i want to message all the teams who we have under contract and be like okay are we live streaming are we going are we good to go but you have to remember that it takes you know a week not a week a day two days three days you know it could take a week to to get everyone's schedules back up and running because in our calendar yeah we have all the games ready to go but the games in our calendar right now are pretty much meaningless because not that ranks are shut down but everyone's schedule has changed so it, it, the schedule we have in there is it's pointless i agree man there there's a lot of games i think we can cut out of there now <laughs> because even if they were like even if they do come after the 14th it's just such a crap shoot now with like the rinks and everything like i think probably every one of them will get rescheduled regardless right are, are, pa- are parents allowed back in the rink yes they are so it's like capacity like 50 percent capacity like what it was before for spectators but it'll be interesting if we're allowed to have tournaments in march aka joel among 10 it will be interesting because it was pretty clear that it was no tournaments for right now but the march tournaments are a full month from now so that's the joel among there's 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 teams that come from New Brunswick, PEI, Newfoundland, all over all over the place, and that's the thing about people coming and going. Is that allowed, or does everybody have to be vaccinated? Does everybody have to isolate? There's so many things up in the air when it comes to these phases: phase one, phase two, phase three, and they're saying phase three isn't going to come for another two months. So what phase <laughs> yeah. do you have to be in for there to be a tournament? I don't know. I'm trying not to get greedy. I'm. Very, I'm not trying to get greedy yeah. either. I'm just. I, I, You're curious. I, I, yeah. I'm just curious. I, I. I would like to know. Yeah, I think the fact that they were so evident on no tournaments right now, kind of gives us a bit of an indicator that it would take a lot for them to come back. Yeah. But, I mean, you never know. Like I said, it's a month away, so it's like if things are rolling like they are now, a month from now. And regular season games are happening and playoffs are kicking up, then, like, what's kind of stopping it at that point, aside from the fact that their people are from other provinces and all that that sort of thing? <laughs> I'm just at a loss of words. It's been, it's, been, it's, it's been almost three years of this. That, when, when, the, when they did announce, okay, the restrictions are going to be lifted a little bit starting uh, February 14th or whatever it was. There was no part of me that got excited. Really? No. There was we, definitely a part there, of there, me. The, um, I've seen this before. We've seen this before. When restrictions get lifted and, okay, we're back to normal for a bit, and then boom, no more, nothing. So it's it's just it's tough to get excited about these restrictions being lifted until you actually see them face to face being oh wow okay i don't have to i don't have to leave a bar at 11 o'clock i'm actually allowed to go to new brunswick uh to do something there there, there's there's elements of life that need to be confronted to me in order for me to get excited and i just don't see that happening anytime soon you can get excited like if you're excited about restrictions being lifted that's awesome i I know hockey's coming back the kids are going to be able to play that's awesome parents are allowed back in the rink to see their kid that's 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 a that's beautiful that's a that's a great part of life that's awesome there's just another part of me that knows we're not out of this thing yet, and I can't. You're I bro- just can't, I can't get excited. You're a broken man when it comes to that man. Like I'm not a broken I, like, man. No, I'm just a realistic no, man. No, okay. Then real. What, what, then realistic question. Like, do you get excited for anything anymore? Then that's a great question because I think it's just I think like you saying that is kind of just a trickle down of you just not letting yourself get excited for anything. No, I do get excited for things. I of course I get excited for things. That's. Okay, like, excited, what you, but recently, no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, have we through this COVID and through all these ups and downs, have we lost the ability to like really, really get excited for something? Like, when we had 
I, the, the lowest moment I'd say was when we were trying to do the Vancouver trip. We were trying to figure out things we could do. And it was like, I couldn't even like, even if we were like as far close to the finish line as we got, like I, I wouldn't let myself get excited for that. So since then, I don't, I don't like that feeling. I don't want to mm. be not able to get excited for things. Since then, it's kind of just like take it day by day. But like if I'm being told games are going to be back and I'm going to be able to go back to doing commentary for these teams that I've actually gotten attached to because I've done like all these games and I followed them like throughout this crazy year, then like, you know, I'm just taking it like, okay, if you're telling me this is going on, then I'm going to start preparing and I'm going to just roll along. So I don't know. I, I guess I was a little excited. Do you know that it's been, it'll be almost two months to the day probably for our last game that we'll be back. Really? I think our last game was December 15th. That's crazy. And I did it in Bedford for the Barons. And I, I remember think our, that game. Yep. I think, yeah, we, that was an emotional weekend too. <laughs> and I think uh, just, and I think we're uh, like, I think we'll be back exactly two months, probably like the 15th or the 16th, like mm-hmm. by the looks of it. Like that'll be two months, man. That's what excites me is progress. Probably the only thing that really excites me now, progress and solving problems. And it's hard to have any progress and it's hard to solve problems when you're not going through uh, when you're not going through a day-to-day routine of trying to grow a business. We can grow the business, but it's really tough from a studio and not being able to leave and, and do certain things that we think we're excelling at. So I'd say that's the only thing that really excites me is progress and, and solving problems. And unless I'm doing that on a day-to-day basis, it's not... I uh, can tell that excites you, man. That, that, that There's no better feeling. Fi- that fires you up. I think you like being pushed to like... Oh, I love Pushed it. to stress and pushed to... To having to like find a solution like that's what yeah. you like i like proving myself wrong you know there's a little doubt every now and then but yeah uh. you can't let that doubt creep in you go and you prove yourself wrong that you can do something i don't know to me i think there's no better feeling that's what i like when i like first started these streams with you and you'd like ask me you'd be like okay go to dartmouth and like hook up this or go here hook up this rotor and like figure it out like i remember when like there's been a couple times and i'm like damn i like think to myself i'm like this is like i don't know where i'm gonna start with this but i'm like there's either gonna be two solutions when it comes friday and this game's on it's either gonna be working or it's not so like whatever i could possibly do to like make it work on that day then that's what's important so it's like to your point of that's what gets you excited like hitting hitting a problem knowing if you're not gonna fix it yourself then it ain't getting done Mm. And then figuring it out and doing it, like that's, I can definitely see why, like that would be your source of excitement at this point in the business, because I feel it too. Well, that's the sign of growth. Or the, the sign of growth is solving problems. Yeah, that's. If you don't have problems on a day to day basis, you're not growing. I think. <laughs> like though, it's it's great to have a, a company that runs smoothly, but there's no company out there in the world that runs smoothly without going through the trenches, trenches, excuse me, and having to solve a problem. We've solved a lot of problems. We've solved audio problems. We've solved video problems. We've solved live streaming problems. We've solved clothing problems. We've solved we've solved a lot of problems, but there's going to be a lot more problems oh. that are going to happen to this company in the next couple of years. Like another great problem we solved last summer was how to get Wi-Fi at a baseball field. And how to set up a commentary in outdoors, dealing with audio issues, dealing with people screaming in the background. Like there's so many issues that you have to go through when it comes to baseball and live streaming. But we figured it out, and I can't wait for these restrictions or phase three or whatever they're calling it now for it to be open for us to be able to go out and solve more problems because that's how you grow, dude. Th- this business is literally—it's the business of solving problems. I, it took me. A week, a week into this company and it, like I already kind of knew from school because we would do these big productions that like yeah. 20 people would be on profs would be on we prepare five weeks for it's like your heart and soul it's a 40 percent of your mark and every single project had at least one thing go wrong with it where you got to think in the moment so I was well aware of that like coming in here I was like if you're getting into sport media like I don't know how aware you were because you didn't go through school you kind of just this kind of just you know, picked up for you, informed for you, like more naturally. But like, when did you realize like the sport media and the media business is basically just pro- solving problems all day long? Because mm. that's what it is, right? Like, that's, yeah, it is. 
it probably probably when this happened in March because we didn't really do the live streaming stuff until COVID hit. So all the problems we were solving beforehand were just how to get podcast guests, how to get advertising, and how to you know get out of my mom's basement really. But but, but yeah. So uh, until we started uh, realizing that there was other avenues of the business that could help us grow, that's probably when I learned the problem solving thing because I didn't really want to believe it. I just wanted to believe that I'm gonna do this podcast and then I'm gonna become rich and I'm gonna have the best guests yeah. on. And then, but then until you, you, you like when you're young, all you focus on is okay i got to make money to make this business work but then all all the trick is is to forget about the money focus on the work and then the money will kind of come so but in order to focus on the work like i just said problems are going to come so when the live streaming aspect of the business came that's when the real work came in and that's when the real problem solving skills came in so probably at 2020 is when i figured out that a lot of this uh, business has to do with problem solving. When I, the first day I came in here, man, we were trying to figure out the live stream from this basement. We had all these pieces of like equipment. We've got all these yeah. cords, and it, and you were just like, you're just like, man, just like I'm just work until we like. Let's just try things until it works, yeah. and you just try and try. But now, and... how how easily could we live stream right now from here? Yeah, you know, just it would take two seconds. Yeah. So you're right. I guess it's like anytime you introduce something new, mm. like on that scale of live streaming. Mm then it's just problem and then it's just like problem solving and you weren't even here during the time of the business where we were actually working tournaments without live stream like we did tournaments and we would go do highlights on twitter for mm. the so uh the east coast the the ice jam and they didn't even know we were there at the very beginning like we were just those random guys with cameras running around They're like who high button who's this running because it was john moore that was like the video guy there and we just kind of showed up with cameras and just thought okay let's just try to help like they had no idea who we were they uh you know like we weren't receiving any money we were they were just like yeah, i guess go for it and i remember we did highlights one year for the the ice jam on twitter and i think we got almost close to like 700 followers that weekend or that week it's a long tournament just by doing highlights of big hits and goals and tagging teams and retweeting and parents yeah. reaching out and i remember that aspect of the business was so much fun because you got to see the growth you got to see your actual twitter followers go up you actually got to see people interact with you from the moncton triple a flyers who never would have known you before mm. so there's things like of that element of the business that we haven't done in, like I said, two years because we just haven't been able to. So that's, I'm excited for you to see that element of the business within the next mm. year. Hopefully, if what at phase three, I don't know, whenever yeah. this, this comes back because there's so many more things that we can be doing to bring value to people and teams and tournaments and businesses. There's so much more value. Dude, we've, we've put together some good business packages together sure. in, our, in our short time together. It's a shame that none of them have really been able to be applied, right? Yeah. Like, remember us sitting here, like, working our asses off putting these packages together? Well, because each pack, like, you, when I remember I still made those packages pre-COVID, but now these packages during COVID have to change because these restrictions change. So it's, yeah, yeah, these packages constantly have to be moving. We'll do this, but we can't do that because of this. It's a whole new world now. So these packages have constant, these packages have to constantly be adjusted, but yeah, that's, that's the name of the game. You got to push it, forward. It's a problem solving business. How much time are we at? About an hour. Hour. A little less. Do you want to say anything? We're going to wrap it up here. I'm good, man. Go Oilers. Next year is the year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, everyone, thank you uh, very much for tuning in. Friday afternoon, have fun, work hard, enjoy your weekend. Uh, we've got nothing else to say. Here we go. We are out. Peace. Well, it's not always raining. There'll be days like this. One there's no one complaining. There'll be days like this. When everything falls into place, like the flick of a switch. Oh, my mama told me, there'll be days like this. One, you don't need to worry, there'll be days like this. When the one's in a hurry, there'll be days like this. When all the parts of the puzzle start to look like they should. Then I must remember There'll be days like this When you don't need an answer There'll be days like this When you don't need a chance There'll be days like this When you don't get the trade By that old Judas kiss 
And I must remember There'll be days like this There'll be days like this. 